It's Design Behind the Mask with your host, Carl Waldron. This is a show about design in your favorite fandoms. First, we discuss a fancy design thing. Then I give you two fun recommendations based on our topic. You come for the voice, you leave with a choice. Sound good? Let's start the show. Hello, my fellow fans of fandom. It is Design Behind the Mask, and I am your host, Carl Waldron. Today's episode, we are covering the brilliant logos of the DC Universe superheroes. Now, DC has some of the, if not the most, iconic superhero logos in the world. And it's hard to argue that they don't when they have kind of the pantheon of superhero logos. They have Superman, they have Wonder Woman, they have Batman, and my personal favorite, the Green Lantern Corps. Uh, so today, we're going to go over what makes a good logo, not just a superhero logo, but just a logo in general. Some of my favorite DC superhero logos, some of my least favorite, more specifically stemming from the Snyderverse Justice League movie, and that that's more of a loaded thing, which we'll get into. And then we'll get the recommendations for fandom and design, and then I'll get you on your way. We'll, we'll hang out for a bit, and then uh, you'll go about your day. Sound good? Let's get to it. So, what makes a good logo? It's kind of a loaded question that I hopefully can answer for you. While watching a very uh, good interview on the future, you should look that up, uh, I ran into, I didn't run into, <laughs> the future had on Sigi Haviv, who is a partner at a firm that is very famous that I cannot pronounce. I tried it in a previous recording and I embarrassed myself, my family, and my ancestors when I tried to say the name. So go look up Sigi Haviv. Uh, his firm and him have created some very iconic brands over the years. He made a great point about what makes a great uh, or a, a logo that works. And it has to have three essential points. It has to be appropriate, it has to be distinctive, and it has to be simple. It has to be appropriate in its feeling. It has to identify, it has to have a, a kind of a personality that matches the you know, core values and, and mission statement of the brand. It has to be distinctive. You should see it and it should lock into your mind. You see a logo once or twice and you, you, you know what that logo is identifying without having to say anything. You can just see the logo and you know exactly who it's for. Like the NBC Peacock, who was created by Sagi's firm. And, uh, you know, the, the go-to is Apple or, I mean, I was going to say FedEx, but it says the word FedEx, but you get the idea. And then simple. The logo should be super simple. Uh, bad logos are way too complicated, have too much detail. Uh, I guess bad is not a. Yeah, we'll stick with bad. Let's let's uh, it's not even a hot take. Let's say bad logos are overly complicated, too much detail. They can't be reproduced in small sizes and they tend to be, they tend to try to say too much. 
which is not what a logo is for. A logo is a it's an identity. It's a it's to identify something. It's not the brand itself. It is, I believe, people would say the tip of the iceberg. It's the first piece of the brand that you get associated with. It is your visual cue. It it's not meant to say everything in one uh, one look. You know, you should you should see it and then it should trigger your idea of the brand. So a good logo is appropriate, distinctive, and simple. When I was thinking of this and kind of putting it in context with the DC universe and the pantheon of heroes, it in kind of the, I, the, the audience that they're trying to reach, at least initially, uh, even today, a good barometer for a great superhero logo kind of in that vein is if you can draw it on a napkin if I were to tell you the superhero. So if you were to hand a child a pencil, child, you know, you know, someone six-year-old, seven-year-old, whatever, who was familiar with superheroes and you say, can you draw me Superman's logo? I would guess eight out of 10 times the kid would come within a pretty close proximity of what the logo looked like. If you were to tell them to draw the Green Lantern Corps logo, it's two lines in a circle. Those two lines in a circle identify an entire space police corps in the DC universe. It's so simple. It's iconic. And it's very distinctive. I think the Green Lantern logo is one of, if not the greatest logo, superhero logo, not overall logo, but superhero logo that we've ever had. It, it, it checks all the boxes. You see that distinct shape in that green color and you know exactly you know what it's to. It can be reproduced small. It doesn't say Green Lantern at all, but it is a Green Lantern. It's brilliant. I love the I, I harp on it so much, um, but that's not to take anything away from something like Batman. If you were to tell a kid to draw the Batman logo, they'll nail it. It won't always look exactly like a bat, but they'll get the general gist of it. Wonder Woman is the two W stacked on top of one another with the wings. Pretty simple to draw. Superman's is a little complicated, but it's not overly complicated that if you were to just draw that shield, that the S is inside of, you'll get the, the general idea, right? So now you know kind of the barometer for what makes a good superhero logo. Now, take those three attributes, appropriate, distinctive, and simple, and just think about the DC logos as a whole. They sort of follow that, that kind of that idea, like a uh, flash, let's say. It's just a lightning bolt. Very simple shape, very iconic shape. A shape that any kid can draw. A shape that anyone could, you know, possibly just jot down. And I think a great barometer is if I tell my mother, hey mom, draw the flash logo real quick. She'll just draw a lightning bolt with a circle around it. Brilliant. If you see that specific 
lightning bolt with the circle around it, you know it's the flash versus any other random lightning bolt icon. You can go down the line of most, if not all, DC superheroes. I mean, not all of them have logos, but the vast majority that do are, you know, they kind of fall within within that realm. Now, I, I love, this is a little tangent, but the reason I love the DC superhero logos is that, and I don't remember where I heard this, I, I'm sure I didn't make it up, but they act as a shield or a a target on the chest of the heroes it is a it is a way to draw attention away from civilians i i don't remember who again i don't remember who said this or where i read it i think it was in a comic i'm not sure but it was bad guys will instinctively shoot at or attack the emblem on the chest it's a, it's literally a target drawing attention away from civilians so that the heroes can can save as many people as possible and i always thought that was an interesting idea and when you think about it it's it's true like batman uh the old batman the gray gray and black batman from the comics the bat logo was you know a black bat with very bright yellow background on it now when you think about who Batman is and kind of how he operates, it's not really conducive to stealth to have a bright yellow symbol on your chest. But when you frame it in the context of, yeah, he's trying to draw attention to his chest, he wants them, you know, he wants the villains to look at him. And what is more, you know, <laughs> what's going to draw more attention than a giant, you know, yellow and black bat symbol on a chest. It makes a little bit more sense. Now, I could just be making, <laughs> trying to make sense of a poor decision on Batman's part, but I like to think that that's why. So we've covered what makes a good logo. We've covered, I think, the best DC logo, which is uh, the Green Lantern. If you have a, a preference of DC logo, please let me know if you think I'm wrong in what, you know, what makes not what makes a good logo, that is what makes a good logo but if you think I'm wrong in which DC logo is the best, I'd love to hear your opinion drop it in the comments you can reach us on Twitter as well which we'll go over <laughs> at the end of the episode and, you know, I'd love to hear what your, your favorite superhero logo is there's, you know, obviously a a wealth of logos, not only in Marvel, but in Image and in Vertigo, Aftershock and TKO, you, you name it. There's so many comic book companies and properties out there with superheroes, with crazy logos. I, I, I don't know all of them, but I do know that DC DC's logos have been around for decades and have 100% shaped the way people create superheroes. If you do a quick Google search, not even Google search, if you go on like Shutterstock or something, or uh, you know any any stock photography website, and you just type in you know generic superhero, more than likely 
they will all look like a derivative of Superman. That is just kind of the stock generic hero now. It's it's the the it has the DC template, you know, underwear on the outside, boots, skin tight outfit, some symbol on the chest, and a cape. Even though the Incredibles taught us that no capes, they are liabilities. You ever tied a bed sheet around your neck and tried to walk around? It is uncomfortable and inevitably someone's going to step on it. Now, I don't know why superheroes have capes. Um, again, I've, I've driven off the road. Let's get back on the road and let's talk about some of my least favorite superhero logos, um, specifically in the Snyderverse. Now, I've had a gripe about this since I've watched, you know, the Batman v Superman movie. And we're not going to go over the quality of the film. Although, I will say, the best version of Batman ever put on film is Ben Affleck's Batman in Batman v Superman. And this is the reason. Again, I'm driving off the road again. But this is the reason. I believe the greatest version of Batman is the Batman that is in the pantheon of DC superheroes the one who runs with gods ben affleck's batman is the only batman that interacted fought with and collaborated with the justice league he is the most comic booky version of batman to be filmed he's also the most badass one and i'll leave it at that well, again we're off off the rails all right back on come on get on get on track so in the batman v superman movie they introduce a host of heroes they introduce the flash they introduce uh cyborg and aquaman all through a terminal that uh i believe bruce hacks something and it's from LexCorp. So LexCorp has these files on these three individuals. And, and in the files, they all have logos. And that bugged me so bad. It bugged me so much that in the world of Batman v Superman, in that established superhero realm, Lex Luthor branded the Justice League some graphic designer working for the evil corporation, LexCorp, created logos for The Flash, Aquaman, and Cyborg. As a designer, you know, kudos to that, <laughs> that, that, that designer who was uh, tasked with what I can only assume was like the highest level of... Uh, security clearance <laughs> to to watch these these metahumans that you know no one's ever seen before and then you know given the project of you know come up with a logo for this because they were pretty distinct logos they weren't just slapdash and they weren't like designators they, like they were the actual like flash logo and the and the the i believe it was the aquaman logo that they used for the movie so yeah, that bugged me to no end. Also, 
you know, to contradict myself. How cool is that? <laughs> that, that Lex Luthor took it upon himself to not only brand these superheroes, but then they ended up using those brands. That's uh, what a weird. I would I, I think this podcast and ultimately what Secret Identity the company is going to do is kind of what Lex Luthor did but I I would love to I would love to have a beside a behind the scenes look at the conversations that happen between Lex and you know the designer what would the creative briefs like for those logos what were the back and forth like no the lightning bolt's too thick it has to be thinner oh let's put a circle around it no I don't think you know Maybe it shouldn't be a lightning bolt. What else could it be? Like, was it a bunch, like three speed lines or something? For Aquaman, it's a very distinct little shield. And like, what did they try? Like just an A? Did they give him the name Aquaman? Like there's, you don't know how many conversations have to happen before a logo is created. Like the discovery process, the competitive re what was what was the competitive analysis like for that designer when he was looking to create the logos for these unknown beings like this is <laughs> these people who have superpowers like did this person have an existential crisis looking at these videos trying to make a brand for just something that honestly you can't even comprehend like the the video of cyborg is disturbing it's just half a man on a table <laughs> becoming a cyborg how many designers did they go through? It probably would have broken my brain. I would have, I mean, I would have tried, I would have finished the, the job, but I would have been forever changed. There is a whole movie that could be made just on the creation. Like, did Lex Luthor create a branding agency within LexCorp to do this? Who else, what other projects has this designer worked on? So this is, you see the way my brain works. This is why this podcast exists. So I can say these words, someone will listen and then hopefully be like, yeah, that's weird. <laughs> but I, I love, I love the idea that there, there was just some, some, I would say lucky uh, and unlucky designer or team of designers who had to watch these incredibly life-changing videos and then work off of a creative brief to create logos for, again, a secret file that no one is supposed to see. No one's supposed to see these logos, but they made them. <laughs> they, they crafted these brands for these superheroes and no one's supposed to see them. Where, where else do these logos show up? Are there secret internal documents that have these logos attached to them? Do these designers even exist anymore? Did they get offed by Lex because they're not supposed to know? Look, I have so many questions that will never have answers. Uh, I, I can ramble on for hours about this, but I won't. <laughs> but, but I would say that the perplexing implications of the Batman v Superman logos has haunted me since that movie came out, and I and I, I was going to use this platform to 
to get all of that out. And I have, and I guarantee you this is the not this is not the last time I'm gonna bring it up on this show, but there we are. Okay, so to recap, DC logos have some of the best branding in pop culture, in my opinion. At the top is the Green Lantern Corps. And I say that as a person who doesn't even read Green Lantern comics. All that often. I think the last one I read was the uh, uh, brightest, was brightest, brightest day. I think that was called, or uh, or blackest. It was blackest night. I think I can't even see. I can't even remember the name of the comic. Uh, whichever one where they brought back all the dead heroes as Black Lanterns. But I I love that Green Lantern logo. I I covet my Green Lantern t-shirt that I, I think I bought from Old Navy a long time ago. Still in my rotation. I wear it to work. So let's let's uh, wind down and let's get some recommendations going. So for my fandom recommendation, I have two. I have two fandom recommendations for you. Lucky day. So my first recommendation is to go and watch the Young Justice animated series. It's a wonderful DC property that fans have kept alive for years now. It has a host of heroes that you probably have never heard of, along with, you know, some standouts like Icon from Milestone and Black Manta, my favorite supervillain. When it comes to the logos, you'll you'll see a ton floating around there. You'll you'll get a good idea of the brands within the DC universe and kind of how they're used. Like the Robin symbol, just a weird one. Very sharp R. <laughs> Icon's symbol, I believe Icon's symbol is just a circle. I'm gonna I'm gonna as I speak, I'm gonna look up icon right now and tell you exactly what it is <laughs> I, I misspelled milestone as I'm typing and it didn't show up <laughs> well go watch Young Justice that's number one and number two there are a host of graphic tees of brands from the DC universe I just mentioned my favorite the Green Lantern t-shirt that I have of course there's a, a gaggle of Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, all those types of shirts. Uh, I love the shirts where they, it just has the logo, you know, simply printed on it. Uh, some people would say it's childish, and I would say perhaps. But as a nerd, I love showing off my nerd dumb, <laughs> and I think those uh, those graphic tees with the logos are amazing so head over to dc.com they have a shop there there are a number of uh, t-shirts you can buy or if you are feeling so inclined order some t-shirts from forbidden planet in new york uh, i believe it's fbnyc.com they have some of the best graphic tees uh, you can ever find it's my go-to comic book shop and uh, I'd love to throw them some business. I'd love to, to work with them someday, make some graffitis for them. 
And that's the fandom recommendation. Let's head over to the design recommendation. Check out Pentagram's work on the global DC branding and the Justice League movie branding. Pentagram is a high profile design agency in New York City. They worked on the Justice League logo for the movie. They worked on the global DC branding that is currently in use. I believe they worked on the the DC logo prior to that as well. Uh, you can find it at pentagram.com slash work slash DC dash entertainment slash story. Go take a look at their case study on the DC universe branding. Always good to learn a little bit more about why something looks the way it looks. I was always confused as to why they used a certain typeface for the DC. It's grown on me over the years and, you know, now it's no, not so bad. I, I did see that they are doing a retro logo, not Pentagram, but DC is doing a retro version of their logo for the, like a 90s version, which is also really cool. Um, doesn't fit all of the criteria for a good logo, but I like it. So those are your recommendations, and that is the episode. I think we covered everything. I know I rambled on a little bit, but, you know, it's hard doing a podcast when you're sitting by yourself. That's not hard. I actually don't have a problem talking to myself. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. I'll say it again. If you want to reach us, we are on Twitter. We are on LinkedIn, because we are a business. And you can find me personally on Twitter at Mr. Carl Waldron. Thanks again for listening. One more time. I appreciate you. Until next time.